And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Thanks for tuning in to the hottest talk radio show around. Providing an open discussion for some of the most important social issues and trending topics today. From personal growth or spirituality to sex and relationships, no subject is ever taboo. So prepare to be empowered, enlightened, and entertained during another episode of the award-winning Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. Real people, real topics, real talk. What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome back, everybody. This is the premiere of Season 7 of Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. And we're coming to you live on the campus of Old Dominion University. I'm in the studio with the beautiful Miss Paula B. Hey, babe. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Your voice. I know. Whoa. I know. It sounds terrible. I thought it sounded kind of sexy, though. You did? Okay. I thought. All right, we'll, I was we'll, we'll, we'll go with that <laughs> for the day. All right. How your mic doing? How you doing? It's good. Okay. All right. And then we have my boy Mike. We're going to hear more about him. And Miss Nikki. Miss Nikki, you are really losing weight, baby. You look good. You look good. So we have world's greatest publicist, Nikki Curry, is also in the studio. And we are back. We have a new sound engineer, Miss Jada Carson. You know, our boy Kevon Robinson graduated. Yes. Congrats to him. But we have Miss Jada Carson. I love her already. I yeah, love me her too. Spirit. Energy is yeah. good. Um, she is a communication yeah, major, communication. same degree I got from right here, uh, mass, no, media studies, right? Media studies. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, basically, I'm a communications major. I was a part of the radio program in my high school, and I got my audio production degree there, and I'm excited to see what WODU has in store for me and what this show has in store for me as well. I'm, you know what? I'm so impressed because you came in, you said you came in, made sure the mics was all right. And got everything ready. You've been, I've been checking you out. So thank you. I'm glad to have you on board for, what, until May, right? Yes. So we're going to have fun. Thank and as always, hopefully you, we were always doing a little bit talking about some hot topics, and you were passionate about a couple of things. Yes. So we invite you to join in the discussion so we can get your perspective All right. on things. But new year. New we're year. We're 24 days already into the new year already. It's like yeah. flying by. We'll I be in February in no time. I know. How would y'all make out in the snow? I did. You made. You stayed in the house. Yes, sir. Did you? Yeah, I stayed in the house. Had cabin fever. Lost power. Oh, you did. Yes, we lost power. It was. It was crazy. It was very chilly. Did you lose power? Yes. For how long? It was for like over twelve hours. Did you lose power? 
I never lost power. Did you take it seriously when they first said it was coming? I didn't. I thought it was one of those things where, you know, sometimes it's a hurricane, so everybody go out and buy everything out the stores and then nothing happened. That's what I did. So, like, two days later, after I starved for two days, Uh I had to put – I sent you the picture. I had that big fur coat on (laughs) my boots, (laughs) walking through the snow the right day to get some canned soup and all this stuff. I was like, you know what, next time. So when that other snow came, I did – Get prepared, but you said there's more snow on yes, its way. Yes, I understand today from my colleagues that there's more snow on its way. I guess a storm is coming from somewhere. So um, we're probably in um, store for one more, they said, one more snowstorm. Mm. And this is the worst place ever because I'm from Connecticut. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, where they have all the plows yeah. and they treat the roads. Here, these side roads were so terrible. My, my cul-de-sac was like an ice rink. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't even really get out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't like to drive anyway, and I'm definitely not driving in the snow. Mm-hmm. You know, um, cars, fishtailing, accidents all over the place. And Virginia Beach Boulevard, Island Road, the major roads, they didn't touch them. Horrible. Horrible. Mm-hmm. Anybody set any goals? I like to say, I don't like to say resolutions, but any New Year goals? Anybody? Sure. You did? What you do? Definitely. And have 24 days in. Are you still? Oh, have I done it in 24 days? Are you on track? I'm on track. You're on track for it. Okay. Mm-hmm. What about you? I didn't set any goals this year. Why? I, I don't know because I didn't. Uh-huh. What I, you know, I'm just open. Uh-huh. I'm open to all opportunities that's coming my uh-huh. way. Um, it has been prophesied to me to take all opportunities um, because I have some great things ahead of me. Okay. So as the opportunities come in, You're I'm going to take them, big or small, and I'm excited about every last one of them. What about you, Jada? Uh, I didn't really set any resolutions for myself, but I just want to get a 4.0 GPA for the semester. Oh, semester. all right. I'm, I'm going for it, so hopefully That's I good. Can. That's good. What's your That's best good. subject, you think? Uh, my best subject, communication. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. That makes sense. How about you? For, I am, you know what, I'm so excited about 2018. Last year, like November, I was starting to get excited, and I'm on track for everything that I've set. Um, I think my biggest thing is, you know, I joined Weight Watchers. Um, I've lost six pounds in a week. Um, I love it. So that's like my getting in shape is like my number one goal mm-hmm. right now because, you know, without your health and everything, right. everything else is going to fall by the wayside. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I'm on set with that. Um, opportunities, Nikki's opening up some new doors for me. And I'm pushing myself. There was a lot of things she approached me where I was like, mm. but then I had to come back and say, well, you know, okay. Because like you said, I'm just going to, I don't know what I'm good at unless I try it. Exactly. So I'm open to a lot this year. We have to be risk takers this year. Risk takers. That's, that's well, my, I don't know. That's my thing. I want to be a risk taker this year. You agree? Mm-hmm. You got me. on my side, but okay. Nikki, if Nikki said okay. she got me. She got me. Yep. Yeah, I, I definitely want to be uh, a risk taker this year. Um and if I fail, it's going to be okay. Because you at least tried, right? Yeah, at least, at least I've no tried. No regrets? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, a lot's going on a in the news lot. today. I know Jada just gave me some new information about the um, the U.S. Olympic doctor, yes. whatever, just got sentenced to, what, 40 to 175 years. So we're going to talk about that a little bit more because I didn't get a chance to read that. But the big thing that I want to talk about is my girl, Monique. Yes. Uh, let's pray for Monique. What in the Moment world? Moment of silence for Monique. Really? So, okay. But you know what? I'm kind of torn because I can understand what she's saying, but I just don't know if I would have totally taken that deal off the table. So for those of you who you know have been hiding under a rock and didn't hear her, 
Uh, Monique, she, she's calling for everyone to boycott um, Netflix. She's citing that there are gender and color biases. She's saying that um, she's 50. She said that Instagram, she took to Instagram and said that they offered her $500,000 to do a comedy special. Um, but she said her counterpart, Amy Schumer, and Dave Chappelle was offered $13 million and $20 million. Now, she says she went back to Netflix and wanted to know what was the difference in pay about, and she said that um, we believe that's what Monique would bring to the table, basically. And she said, well, what about my resume? And then they said, we don't go off resumes. So she said, well, then if you don't go on resumes, what makes Amy Sh Schumer worth millions? And they said, well, you know, she cited that they had she had two sold-out shows at Madison Square Garden and a hit, sum a hit summer movie. And then she said, well, is that not Amy Schumer's resume? But anyway... That's what they offered her. Um, she went on a couple shows and did another video because she said Wanda Sykes came and approached her and said that Netflix even offered her less than $500,000 to do her special. Um, but Monique, her big things was she said she, the fact that she's had an Oscar, she's had her own sitcom, she's had movies and things like that. Um, she couldn't take that deal because people like Tiffany Haddish, who are, you know, mm -hmm. was the hit star from Girls Trip, um, they would come up and they could be offered anything and they could say, you know, well, Monique, she has all this and we gave her $500,000 and she was happy. So with that respect, I can understand, you know, well, I can understand it anyway because I don't, I still don't believe $500,000 worth $13 million is, is um, satisfactory. I think they should have at least offered her, you know, something in the millions, maybe not the $13 million that Amy got because Amy is more relevant as Jada was saying. Um, the number was wrong. The number yeah. Was but what do y'all feel about it? Do okay. you think she's just taking it shut up? What? Well, what I say uh -huh. is that she should have taken the money um, because you don't turn down any dollars um, because you may have a lot of money in the bank, but that five hundred that five hundred thousand dollars would have made that a little more cushion, give you a little more cushion. Secondly, um, I understand that Monique brought the idea to them. Mm -hmm. They did not come to Monique to ask her for the deal. She brought the deal to Netflix. Mm -hmm. So if you think outside the box, if she was thinking outside the box and not thinking about her reputation and her ego and put all of that aside, she, if it were me, I would have took the $500,000, okay, because $500,000 $500, is a lot of money. Mm -hmm. I would have done my absolutely best, made that show the bomb.com. Um, made it so successful that Netflix, now you want to bring me to the table. We want to renegotiate that $500,000 because mm. it's the big picture, okay? Then we want to incorporate other black comedians and make yourself a really huge show. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you have to be humble, and sometimes it's okay to take the back seat because you don't know what's going to be in that front seat. So I think that she missed out on her blessing on the opportunity just because you know you want to pull rank or I'm worth this I'm worth that but now you have lint in your pocket now you don't have anything you don't have she stated that for pressure she only got $50,000 well she wanted to take she knew that she was only going to yeah. get $50,000 for pressure and she I, got I, an I, Oscar for that yeah, yeah. yeah this is enough <laughs> right and that it was bigger than what they thought it was going to be right and, yeah. I, and I didn't like that movie at all you didn't? No. Father? Like I only that. watched it one time and will yeah, never watch it again in life. It was it was depressing. Did you read the book? Heck no. Oh my God, the book, they said the that book was, was so hard to read. Yes, there's no way. 
that's like beloved, beloved by Toni Morrison. I could not get to that book. The okay. movie was just Oprah. I love Oprah. Yeah, I'm, I love like Oprah. I said, nothing about Oprah was a wonderful movie. I love <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go see yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, go I see have, it. Um, I have a different opinion of the situation. Okay. Me being an entrepreneur, I mm-hmm. can see the, the the entrepreneur moves being made, and in the in the age of social media, attention is currency, mm-hmm. and so. I feel like Monique did one of the greatest things she could have ever did right now for her career. Okay. She could just have everybody looking at her. Okay. Who's to say if she has a comedy special already put together, who's to say she can't sell it to BET or somebody else, and now she's going to get more than 500000 because people are going to watch it. Just off the basis That's that true. she challenged Netflix. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the thing of she she was a rubble, right? She was a rubble <laughs> with um, Precious, and she got blackballed, and she's yeah. still in a way blackballed. So I, I mean, I understand well, what they, you're yeah, saying. They, so I just, I'm just, I understand it. what you're saying, but I'm disagreeing because she's already under the blackball umbrella. So to me, this is making it worse for her because she's looking like a troublemaker. Like nothing we do, nothing we offer her, she's going to be satisfied. It's always going to be something. So the best thing for her to do is get all her coins together, produce her own show, and put it out there somewhere. Well, the only thing that she's ever griped about, even with the um, with the Oprah and the Lee Daniels and the Tyler Perry, was it was still it was about the money for the contract that she signed. I think that they wanted her to promote internationally. That's true. She fulfilled her domestic part. She did. But then they just wanted her to do that. She was like she would do that, but they wanted her to pay her for it. Mm. And right. And that's true. The, she was just saying that she thought that t- uh, Oprah would have stood up for her, and I think Tyler had made a promise, but that he didn't fulfill about giving his some portion. Four hundred thousand. Four hundred, yeah, thousand to, and th- she never got that. Well, she. So I'm saying just maybe she's the one who she's just bold enough to speak up. Yeah, but she both. That's true. Wanda never spoke up about it, and evidently she took her money. Yeah. Yeah, she she quiet. She gonna take. She gonna get them coins. I mean, and she, she, went, she called and she's a girl that did it to me too. But she got but, she got yeah. that money though. <laughs> yeah, she she I mean, shopping on right. Yeah. We looking at five hundred thousand like it's a lot to us. Yeah, we get in a, in a room full of like billions. Yeah, and that's what I was saying to Amy Schumer. I mean, if they would offer her five hundred thousand dollars, it's like if I say clean my whole house, I'm gonna give you five dollars. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, I feel you on that. But I, that is true, I, and I agree with you. That is true. But once again, when does the big picture, when does the vision come in? Like, okay, I'm going to take this, but I'm going to do this, and they're going to wish that they – so what if she took the 500000 and blew everybody's stocks off? Then some other network said, oh, my God, I seen you on Netflix. Or will they and, say, well, she took $500,000. Right. We're going to offer you $600,000. Right. If we don't, if we, if we, if we don't know your worth, right, exactly, right. So that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, there's so many, there's so many variables in there. There's so many opportunities. I for me mm-hmm. that she I really could. Towards your decision, though, she should have took the money and then made it an amazing production, and then no one could have said anything, and then people like BET would have been able to try to stifle. Yeah, it would have been something bigger. I don't, I don't know if anybody's <laughs> going to take her from five hundred thousand dollars to twenty million if they know that. She don't. She don't care. She'll take five hundred thousand dollars. We're all for five hundred and fifty thousand. You know, when are you going to get really what you want? If you until you can really say no. I mean that's that's true too. But you know, just like I got you, just like 
when she well i was upset that she outed everybody about that this Ooh, sure was this, she won't do that no more yeah this what was it this christmas or that <laughs> yeah. christmas movie? oh yeah yes almost, oh, christmas. almost christmas so with danny glover yeah kimberly yeah, elise yeah, t- right like, did you see to, it? Like, Tiffany Haddish and whatnot, seen, those are main parts. They had Gabrielle, yeah, but she was Kimberly saying that Elise, Danny Glover, all four, of all four of them together, together didn't make a million. But collectively. Collectively. Uh, but that, you, for me, that was a HIPAA violation. I'm not going to go there because that's discussing everybody's salary. Who wants everybody to know is that? Is that a violation? For me. Or is it just ethical? Uh, okay. Ethical. About that too. I'm sure they. She probably got a text or a call. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm <laughs> or sure she did. Or a nice email. Yeah. <laughs> what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, okay, so just taking a, taking away all of the like uh, emotional attachments. Mm. Do you think that more people will watch Monique's special on Netflix now or before the Corona? Now, probably now. One hundred percent, absolutely now. Mm-hmm. Because they, cause they're gonna watch it. Because they're gonna see what she's gonna do. Yeah. And if she bombs, it's curtains. It's, it's over. But Jada made a good remark yeah. earlier before the show that you know, me and you. I don't know how old you are, but you. When we hear Mo, Monique come on, we say okay, we we have a history. You know, she was back in our day. But her generation, you know, they can relate more to Amy Schumer or whatever name. Right, because they're more relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Tiffany Harris comes out with a special. All my friends are going to be watching because of Girls Trip. Yeah. Monique, not a lot of people are going to be watching it. That's just the truth of it. So I mean. So I mean, because they did say this—that's what they. I think. What did she say? We think that's what Monique (laughs) would bring, meaning I guess to their listener base, Mm -hmm. the audience that she would bring Mm -hmm. would be we would be worth five hundred thousand dollars. She was insulted. Yeah, she, yeah, she, yeah, she was. She's worth more. Yeah. They could have gave her about five million. I think five million. Yeah, would've been and good. then she she would have you know, she would took it. That's like saying we don't want you pretty much. Yeah. Without saying. And that. she didn't like the answer that they gave her. She came to them and they gave her an answer and she didn't like the answer. So, nah, so I have a question. She could get them temples. So covered. even though. <laughs> 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 so is it about your craft that you love so much that got you where you are, or is it about the coins? It's about business. You do your craft. It's about business. That's your living. Okay. I mean, when I keep seeing that and what she's probably, because she's back doing shows or clubs again. So, I mean, she has a lifestyle that she was used to having. I mean, in her show, she used to talk about the things that she used to do, and she would travel. You know, they have the open marriage. And I guess she would wine and dine these guys. She can't do much with $500,000 after they take taxes. Well, let me ask you. And then she got the house in Baltimore. I think she got some company. She's threatening her, you know, for you for five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, you do. You do backflips. I certainly well, for Monique, will. She's used to, you know, <laughs> a lifestyle, and I guess you know. So my question to you is that since you brought up her husband, uh-huh. do you think all of this um, well, backlash they, with Monique started with her husband. husband? They said somebody did comment that um, they she needs new management. Yeah, because it's not good to sleep with your manager. And somebody asked her, "Is she?" Is she is she not any longer represented by such and such? And it was a Caucasian guy, and she's like, "No, my husband." She she mentioned that in um. She mentioned that in one of the interviews. I just hope everything just goes well for her. That's that's my thing. But sometimes I feel like it goes back to the relevance and whatnot, though. And then when you think about Dave Chappelle, he did come up with that big SNL skit, and a lot of people, a lot of my friends saw that skit about Donald Trump and whatnot. So he already had publicity coming in too. A lot of people had publicity coming in, and she didn't even have anything until she started her own relationship. But that's just my opinion. 
I mean, that's true, too, because I don't even think that, um, like, Dave Chappelle, I think he's okay. You know, I mean, I don't like his style yeah, I mean, at all. I think he's okay. I, he's just okay. Like, he doesn't make me but laugh. But, like, all these I, people that she starts talking about within her initial argument, they have credibility within the past two years. And she's only come out with that one movie. I don't know what other people who really talk But, you know, remember Dave Chappelle had that big breakdown and then went on that that huge hiatus? When he came back, they were excited about it, and they started getting, he got back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was just thinking about that now. Mm-hmm. And he yeah, wasn't relevant at all. So now I want to know, is it a gender thing? Is it? Well, she said both of them. Nah, I think she said too race and gender. You think like, so? That's like if LeBron James left the league and came back versus like... Uh, Me. <laughs> <laughs> Me. Wait a minute. You don't laugh. Oh, <laughs> I can't even think of something. I get the analogy, though, yeah. I like get Jason Kidd yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, I think when it comes down to the money, though, me being an entrepreneur, musician, and everything like mm-hmm. that, I can relate to part of it is your craft. Part of it is you want to, you know what I mean, get respected for your talent. Yeah. But then when you make it your living, yeah. you want to have to, like, negotiate a fair trade of value. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, like, I'm getting rich off of you. Mm-hmm. You know, she is wealthy, but it has to be a fair trade. Mm-hmm. I think that's what was, you know what I mean, most insulting is that it wasn't even fair. Okay, so I want to ask a question. Um, everybody heard Oprah's speech on the Golden Globe Awards. I can't get my words out, which was totally phenomenal. Um, so my course, you know, the question is, um, if Oprah runs for president, would you vote for her? Because some, everybody just says that everybody thinks Oprah is God and whatever she says, everybody listens to and does. You know, she's got the golden key. She's got the golden tongue. Mm-hmm. But she has been very successful, and so far, and none of her businesses have gone bankrupt like Donald Trump's. Yeah, Even though exactly. she sold um, most of her own. What about own? She sold most, most of her own. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love Oprah. You know I love Oprah. I know. Me too. I would call her and tell her, please don't do that. Why would you call and tell her that? Don't do, I mean, look at Donald Trump. Look at, yeah, you know how much he's lost. I mean, because Oprah's whole platform is on helping other people and live your best life or whatever. She's going to have to really direct her interests to run the, the country. Mm-hmm. And I think she will be operating outside of her purpose. Mm-hmm. That is so she, yeah, in that sector. Mm-hmm. Helping mankind and trying to negotiate treaties and all this kind of stuff. I think she and I think she'll hate it. So, I, say I don't. Mm-hmm. It'll it'll probably will, but I don't think I think that she would be more suited to negotiate because of her platform now. You think and she does all her own negotiating? No, I'm not saying she does her own. But what I'm saying is that she, people listen to Oprah. Everybody listens to Oprah. And um, do you think she does number one? I don't want to keep interrupting you, but I, do you think that all of that comes directly from Oprah's mind? I know she makes the last decision. I mean, of course, right. she's going to bring come, she come said to the that table. She has four coaches that she consults with. All mm-hmm. that stuff that you love and I love and post and repost, they don't originally come from Oprah's mind. She's the spokesperson. Right. She delivers the message, but that that isn't all instinctively coming from her. She coach. She she has. All these people around her 
I mean, top name people. What are this? What is um the? Tommy yeah. What is that guy? Well, I hope she's not still talking to her though. Well, you know, Stephen said that if the people want, yeah, that's what she if said. the people want I'm her sure to he run, um, she's gonna do it. I think anybody be better than what we have now, exactly. right? Especially Donald Trump can be president. Why can't Oprah? Why can't Oprah? But I get the ethics behind it. Oprah versus you know, president doesn't have a lot of political background, but I mean, well, he did. He does. So I would vote for Oprah. And then he lost what Forbes. They proudly announced that he lost so much of his wealth because he had to back off. So that means she has to really back off from a lot of yeah, what she's doing too. I mean, that's true um, too. Just because of her position. Yeah, a little conflict of interest and all yeah, that I kind of stuff. I think Obama, like, if you, you seen that picture of him on the beach doing the show? Yeah. I think he was like, uh, <laughs> you know, when somebody complaining about you and you're doing the best you can do. Yeah. And they, and you look back and you're like. Oh, no, you have this job. Come on, take my job. You see my hair? Take the job. Yeah, because they were showing pictures. Yeah, a bush. They look so happy. Yeah, they look real happy. Yeah. Yeah, He looks really happy. What do you want to talk about? Oh, yeah, one one of my topics I really wanted to touch bases on was um, as far as marriage in society today, do you think that it is as important as it was in the 1960s and 70s. Because um, I know me and my grandma had this discussion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get a girl pregnant, it's like, dang, you married yet? Grandma, <laughs> like, it's the 21st century. Yeah. You have to be married. Uh-huh. Man and woman can work. I believe that back in that age, it was like because a woman didn't work mm-hmm. or wasn't in the workplace, then it was like you going to pretty much That's the right thing to do. You have to structure yeah. because mm-hmm. she can't support herself. But now that it's an equal society, it's like we can have, you know, a, a, a peaceful relationship and both raise your kid without being without married. Without being married. So my question is, like, do you think that it's as relevant to get married today in time? Well, I first, I don't think it's an equal society. I don't what do you mean? You don't think it's equal? Hey, we just got finished talking about um, uh, Monique and um, Will Smith and them getting more money than her. But no, it was, a, it was a woman that got more than her too, though. Well, okay. So, but I, I think exactly. Thank well, you. I think today um, women are so self-sufficient, and they are definitely after this whole movement. Um, what is it? We are. It's our me too. Me too. Um, they have their own voice, mm-hmm. and um, they can handle the household. Because even if, and don't take this wrong, I don't want anybody send me any texts or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even though um, men, because nine times out of ten, it was always back in that era, it was always the man that was leaving. I'm going to get a pack of cigarettes, and he never comes back because he can't handle the pressure. So women have mm-hmm. been um, taught to be able to handle the house and the kids by themselves. So they have they had no choice but to do it. So today women are having babies without men and surviving and doing well. So no, I don't think that you have to be married. I, I believe in the family dynamics, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but things have changed so much. It's not like a woman can stay home and take care of the house a long time ago, but like back in your grandma's age, mm-hmm. we have to go to work too. Then you want us to go to work come home, take care of the kids, make sure they do the homework, cook, you know what I mean? 
then do the slap or tickle thing and then get up and I'll do it all over again. You understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So we're exhausted. So I think that I agree with you. You don't have to have that dynamics. But again, I'm going to say the family dynamics is important. So basically, from what I'm gathering from both of what you're saying, is that marriage is just, it has a negative connotation to it. It's like a burden. It's like, we only have to do it. Why should we do it? There's no. I'm trying to ask my uncle that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, that is that what I'm, I'm getting? Because I'm looking, you know me, I'm looking yes. forward to the day. Yes, when you I are. Get yeah. Me too. I'm looking forward to being the best person. You know that. <laughs> we talked but about an outfit yesterday. You gonna be an usher? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm not. What do you, what do you say? Oh, uh, what do I say about Well, do you look for? Are you looking forward to getting married? I guess so. I'm looking forward to getting married. But the thing <laughs> about it is, like, with all the blogs and with like all the hot topics that I do, uh-huh. I think that marriage doesn't mean the same thing it used to do. Okay. So okay, past, I get that. The divorce rate, like. Half, over half. half. Of my friends' yeah. parents are divorced. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think that it means the same thing to get married. That's a good observation. It does not that's, mean that's true because the society has changed um, our behavior. Mm-hmm. And um, women, like I said, again, I don't want to be redundant, are finding their voice and knowing that they can um, take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you get out there, like uh, somebody's just kicking you out of the nest, you're like, oh, I can, I can do this. And the freedom that you feel, uh, right, you know, after talking to some of my girlfriends that have been married and that are now single, Mm -hmm. um, they are enjoying their life because they can come and go as they're, as they please. Um, they don't have to answer to anybody. Um, why can't that be in a marriage? That's just an unhealthy marriage. If you can't go, if you can't go where you want to go. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I interesting to me. I like watching the reels. Uh-huh. They propose, they, they just question like, <coughs> uh, would your husband feel offended if you made more than him? Uh-huh. And they yeah, said I that would. was like one of the main arguments of being people being divorced nowadays. I can I can deal with it. So let me ask you this exactly. question: uh-huh. If, um, like, I know a lot of people that take separate vacations. Couples? Um, couples. At first, uh-huh. I thought that that was just like way taboo, you know what I mean? Or, you know, when I go see my, my therapist, had made a suggestion that, you know, you need to find yourself and go to a hotel, you know, one weekend by yourself. You know, I had talked to some of my friends about it, and they were like, yeah, I don't see anything wrong with it because I have a friend that does that, and she'll go away for the weekend with her girlfriends and stuff. Um, would you be comfortable if your spouse said, oh, I want to just go chill at a hotel for a weekend? Well, you know, another one of my goals <laughs> to, see, to see this therapist, which I've been seeing all right. all year so far, so hopefully I will get to the point where I'm confident and com- <laughs> right now today, no. Where are you going? No. <laughs> so is but that I, because I think, of you? They, is that because they of you? Be yeah, they should, I think be, they able should to. be able to. Because is it because of you and your it's shenanigans? Of me, my, and no, because of my, me and just experience. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's because of you and your shenanigans that you're saying. Wait, wait, wait. Not my shenanigans, <laughs> not yeah. just my experience. It could be my experience with them. It's just, you know, and, and from what I taught, what was taught coming up, you know, when you go on vacation, you and your other half, you go on vacation together. So it would be a new concept for us to go on separate vacations. But as a, as a strong, confident person, I should be able to say, okay, sure, baby, go on your vacation, have a good mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And you that say it's needed. If she's on a vacation, I get a vacation. <laughs> as well. That's true. That's you true. Know, exactly. All the ladies pot up to the one room. Uh-huh. All the girls <laughs> <on> the <laughs> girl strip. You know what I mean? Just hanging, playing Madden. 
But you know, know this generation is different in, in marriage because a lot of um, a lot of them go on vacations and go to hotels with their friends and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and yeah. um, it's it's okay. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I think that it's okay. That's what that's what I think. I think that it's definitely okay. So I got a question. So you and me and my husband going back and forth on this. So is it was you seen this this couple right? It's a girl in the Seven Eleven and the dude was like, just kind of like feeling on and stuff in public and everything. And he was like, man, he don't respect you, blah 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 blah. He was like, he ain't married yet. And then the girl was like, he don't gotta marry me. He don't gotta marry me. So this is how the whole conversation started, right? But my question is, I was telling him, I'm like, Unk, in this day and age, maybe back in the day, you know, as a man, we'd like to see a girl that was uh, in, a, in a three-piece suit and they'll say, don't you touch me ever. But I'm like, Unk, if you look at the way society set up now, Kanye married Kim Kardashian, right? Mm-hmm. And I use that example Uh-oh. to careful, say. Careful, careful. <laughs> I use that example to say, <laughs> it's like, when I look for a wife, I'm not looking for this woman that just don't ever want me to touch her and just want to be like, now I get they in public, but sometimes you kind of want that girl that's going, you know, yeah. ride the thrill with you of mm-hmm. life versus just being kind of like, Mm-mm. you know what I mean? So my question is like, do you, do you agree with, do you feel that that was a, you know, something that's necessary so you're talking about public display of affection. Is that what you're talking about? Exactly. I mean, I love that. I, okay. I, I don't think that it has to just always be um, in the bedroom. Um, but I am going to say something that's probably stereotypical. Um, um, I'll hold that. No. <laughs> you want me to hold you, you can finish your statement. Our, our guest has called in. Mm-hmm, she can okay. finish your statement. Good. That um, I find that oh, a lot of African-American men um, don't like to do um, public display of affection. Um, I've seen Side piece. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, find, I find that a lot. Uh-huh. Um, probably in the younger gen, you guys probably, but in my generation, no way. Mm. They did not like it. Yeah. You know, yeah, because if you go to hold a hand, they want to walk over here because then you're looking around. I mean, I, it's, it was just, it's just funny. How, and I'm not the only one that thinks like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not the only one that thinks like that. But. Well, you know what? Our first guests of the year have called, and we have attorneys Demetria Graves and Marissa Grayson. They are the managing partners of the Elite Firm. And the Elite Firm is a full-service law and crisis management firm with a unique focus on African-American celebrity entertainers, professional athletes, and other high-profile influencers. Um, they just called in. Hopefully they'll call back. But just a little bit more about the, the brand. Um, it has been recognized as the ever-growing <laughs> need for clients to have not only a great legal representation, but also an entire support unit around them, which truly has their best interest as their primary goal and not looking at the financial aspect in mind. Now, this is the only African-American law firm which is founded by female attorneys and staff with all professional black women executives skilled in their field. Hashtag black girl magic. So they're going to call back in a few minutes, hopefully, and then we can learn about them, find out, you know, what makes them so unique. I like that name, the elite firm. I like that. I like that picture of them as well. Yeah. Yeah. Power. That was a power picture. Yeah, that was definitely a power picture. Demetria Graves. So um, I'm going to give out the number also, 757 
683-4405. If you hear us talking about anything that you want to comment on, make sure that you definitely give us a call. Give us your five cents. And make sure you go to our new website, www.letsfaceitradio.com. Um, you can listen to the show through there. You can also submit ideas for topics and so that you can be a guest co-host as well on the radio show. Who said hello? Hey, how you doing? Hey. So hopefully they'll be calling right back. Yes. Come on, ladies. We're waiting for you. Yes. But um, I'll start the next topic. So, you know, you were talking about how independent y'all women are, you Uh-oh. and Jada. Uh-oh. How very, like she say, very Uh-oh. independent. Oh, I know, I know so, what's coming. I know yeah, what's coming. Yeah, yeah. We was having this conversation on the, on the way, way over here. Yes. Being that y'all so big and bad and independent, making your own money, don't need nobody. <laughs> um, why is it that when dating, most females seem to have an issue with going Dutch then? Oh. Now, I'm not. Why I got to buy your tea? <laughs> okay, because we we had a conversation. Why? Buy my tea. What's up? What? Right. And, and, and I mean, I don't have a problem I with. I don't have a problem with, have a problem with going <laughs> Dutch. Right. And then, well, mm-hmm. one of my friends had told me this story that mm-hmm. she was at this cafe, and she had met this guy, um, and he, um, she met him one time, and she hadn't seen him in a while, and then she saw him again, and they had this conversation, and she was kind of offended because. You know, he was doing all the talking, asked her out, asked her for a phone number. But she said the red flag was that he didn't offer to buy her coffee. Oh. And I was like, mm, I was like, yeah, girl, you know, he should have offered your co- to buy your coffee. That's a red flag. But then. Red flag. I, yeah, that was, a, that was a red flag to her. So then I backed my train up for a second. Mm-hmm. And I was like, because I thought about your post, your Dutch post. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, in actuality, he did not need to offer to buy your coffee because you get your coffee every day Mm -hmm. so why is it necessary for him to buy your coffee just to say because he's his man okay um well you know my feelings about it yeah so i'm I'm gonna agree with that i don't think men have to i mean it's nice to offer or go back and forth you know what i mean but i mean because hard for you say you should buy my coffee then the next moment when i say something I'm an independent woman. I take care of this. You don't do this for me. You don't do that for me. Well, you just wanted me to buy your coffee for two dollars, right? And again, that's stereotypical on a woman's yeah. um, part yeah. as well. Equals, yeah. yeah, equal society. So I'm inclined to. Uh, can you believe it? I can't. To agree. I gotta write this down. Yeah, write this it down. One twenty-four. Yeah, you agreed on yes. on Dutch. He said it perfectly. Perfectly. Never. Okay. Wow. What you say? You. I have no. You you don't you automatically just pay. For everything, I do just because I've been, it's been drilled in me, yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like I do think, like the first date, if I'm taking uh-huh. you out, I'm gonna pay. Uh-huh. We go to the movies, dinner, you know what I mean? I'm gonna pay. But like when we get to the point where we comfortable with each other, uh-huh. I had girls that take me out, yeah, and, you know, take me to the movies. Sure. You don't know. I'm gonna say to all the women out there, you don't know how good it feels as a man for a woman to take you out and pay for everything. Uh-huh. You never get that. Like, yeah. You don't get that feeling of yeah. being wine and dying. Right. And it's not really feminine. Even it's gifts. The fact of, like, you actually care, you know what I mean, yeah. enough to do this. That that goes, like, way high on the cool point. Okay, that. so let me just throw a monkey wrench into that. And the reason why we were taught not to do that. Um, and the reason, and it has happened to me, um, that men take advantage uh, of your of your kindness. Because um, a lot of women wear their heart on their sleeve. So when women, you know, start 
treating a man and, you know, let me buy you this, let me take you out. You know, they begin to get used to it. Then you take advantage of it. Then you start, then it comes into a pimp game because you could call, oh, baby, me on my tires. I need tires on my car. Can you da 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 da? Oh, can you, you know what I mean? If it turns into that. So then it comes into, turns into using. You know, be, not, I'm not saying all men, but I have always been taught not to, um, you know, treat men because that's what they're going to do. But that's what they do do because it did happen to me. Mm-hmm. And because I'm so, you know, generous. Um, thinking that, oh, I'm all in love and I'm just helping, you know what I mean, and I'm supporting my dude. No, I'm supporting you, helping you out, and you with somebody else taking my money and helping her out too. Yep. Oh, wow. So, that that right, so that's why sometimes it's very difficult for women to make that call, should I treat him out? Is he going to think that I'm desperate and I'm paying for him, mm-hmm. his services or I'm just paying for his time. You understand what I'm saying? Because I'm sure he got somebody else doing this and somebody else doing that. Like I had a friend, um, Joseph, every payday, he would go, he's like, oh, got to go to work. I'm like, where are you going? He would go from job to job to job to job <laughs> and collect, because he knew when everybody got paid on the same Friday and get his money. And women wow. would give him his money, give him the money. Mm-hmm. And they didn't get an attitude that they don't give it to him. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like a catch twenty two. It's almost like we, we experience that as a regular. Like, you know, dudes and girls are just asking you, I'm hungry or uh I need somebody I need a babysitter or I need some somebody to uh help me with this car. You know what I mean? And if as a dude, if you don't do it, they might look at you funny. Like, you ain't a real man, you ain't help me see, out with I, my car. Right, and see I don't like that either. I don't like it when women ask men because i wasn't raised that way to ask men that well can you buy me a pair of shoes Mm -hmm. can you can you do this for me or i need money or you know you need to go out and buy me this and no you need to go get your own stuff you know i've always had to get my own stuff you can Yes, and ask her what you're going to do about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I mean, that's what if I say that um, <laughs> I have my, um, my bracelet broke uh-huh. and I'm all upset, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I understand what you're saying. Be like, oh, okay, baby, I know you're all upset and that's so much you let me go out and buy you another bracelet. Of course, that's like super nice. Mm. But even if you did not offer to get me a bracelet, I'm going to go out and get my own bracelet. And I'm gonna be okay. With that. Especially that if you work. Yeah. Now, if you're a home, if you're a housewife and you take your home, taking care of the house, making sure I'm taking care of taking care of our kids, then when that happens, of course. But if you just got back from Bahamas with your girlfriends and you break the bracelet, ooh, I'm about to say, right? <laughs> <laughs> go get it fixed. <laughs> what you gonna do about? It? Go get it fixed. So, but you just said something interesting. You was like, I didn't say the word. I know, oh, okay. but you were like, if you were, if you were home, not working, making yeah, because sure, I know that you I'm your prime. Sure, but making sure that I see this is this is where the the oil and vinegar comes in. Making sure that I'm taking care of, making sure the kids are taking care of, making sure I, I said the household, the, the, the household, right? Mm-hmm. So who's gonna make sure that she's taken care of? 
when is she? That's why I said then I would do it because I'm a part. I'm gonna make sure. Okay. I'm gonna make sure of it. Okay. Okay. Our first guests are on the line. We have on the line, we have attorneys Demetria Graves and Marissa Grayson. Welcome to the show, ladies. Hello. How are Hi. you? We were just talking, we were just bragging on you. We're proud of you. Yes. The elite firm. Oh, thank you. The elite firm. So I just want to ask you, you know, what was your inspiration in starting this all-women-focused African-American firm um, where you, you you basically tailor your services for celebrity inter entertainers, professional athletes, and other high-profile influencers. What was your inspiration behind starting that? Why did you want to do it? Well, we are <laughs> one of the reasons is because far too often we see high-profile individuals engaged in their legal battles and making these avoidable but detrimental decisions outside of the courtroom, like, you know, acting wild on social media, posting things they shouldn't post, sending messages to people they shouldn't send related to their cases. And we just essentially watch things unfold with these celebrities who, you know, are already in the public eye and, and it happens during the midst of their legal cases. So we were just, you know, tired of seeing celebrities who are going through these things who have teams, right. allegedly, mm -hmm. teams, you know, <laughs> behind them, but uh -huh. they're still doing all these things that, um, you typically don't do when you have a strong team that, you know, is holding you down. So we decided that we wanted to create something for celebrities who look like us in particular so mm -hmm. that they have another option besides the firms that they've been going to and so that they have someone who, you know, who has their back and will call them out on their stuff and mm -hmm. make sure that they are on point when it comes to the decisions that they're making that can essentially affect their legal cases, but also the things that affect their lives in general, you know, and their reputation. Mm -hmm. So so how is your firm, the elite firm, how are you so unique, your your niche? What is what is it that makes the elite firm stand out so much? Because you guys are well, making, you guys are getting a lot of media behind the elite <laughs> firm. What are these what are these key factors that you have that make you guys stand out so much? Your your wow factor. Go out on the limb and say, I think we are the first in the nation to not only have attorneys on staff, therapists on staff, we have a communication specialist on staff, we have um, client relation officers, if you will, on staff. So we brought everyone in on our staff. So if our client needs it, we will have it. And if we don't have it on staff, we can get it. Okay. So we wanted to do something that was more of a one-stop shop for everybody instead of having to call each individual or professional in as we needed it. So we are the first of our kind. We are all black women. We wanted to show the world that black women can come together and do something great together. Mm -hmm. And here we are. Okay, so your whole staff, everything, black females. Is your clientele exclusively yes. African-American or... That well, that is our target market. We okay. won't turn away someone that's not African-American, clearly, okay. but that is our target market. Okay. Um, as Marissa said, we wanted to give them an option to say, hey, we are here too. Um, consider us as well when you're making these legal decisions. Okay. Got it. Hi, how are you? My name is Paula B. This is an honor to be speaking to you guys. I think you're amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. And excuse me, I believe laryngitis. Um, what are some of the services your firm offers? 
So aside from just general legal representation, we also offer crisis management services. As Demetria mentioned, we have um, mental health specialists, anger management classes, domestic violence recovery, parenting classes. We basically provide a comprehensive list of services to our clients. So essentially what happens is once they come to our firm and hire us as their team, we do, as a team, we collectively do an objective assessment of their situation. So we look at everything that's going on, whether it be, you know, a business that they want to start or they're going through a criminal um, criminal charges or things of that nature or whether they're going through divorce or custody battles, um, you know, civil rights issues, whatever their issues are, we look at their case as a whole and then we figure out what exactly it is that they need in order to turn the situation around, in order to resolve the legal issues, in order to make sure that, you know, moving forward in their lives, they don't continue to face the same issues over and over and over. And then we just, you know, tackle it, you know, and handle everything from, from our company. So basically it's a team that gets to know the individual or the company or the brand and because we we get so involved and so close to our clients we know exactly what they need and we're always there you know with our hands on Mm -hmm. helping them with all of the things that come up with them so it's it's really comprehensive it depends on you know each particular person it sounds like they really get the white glove treatment do you handle um like divorces and stuff like that as well yes yeah we handle custody disputes Okay. Because yeah, I have a, a question. I have a, a, a salon here, and I have a lot of clients who um, are going through divorces, and they are telling me these things like the law firms they go to, they have these girls' nights out where the clients, I guess, they, they get together to build like a networking source for the women, the clients, to connect with each other, and they go on like girls' night out to help them get through the process. Do you guys do stuff like that as well? Well, we have to be careful because of the, our clientele. So oh, okay. But we we technically can't really do that because if they're celebrities, they you know they already want to be exclusive oh, as exactly, it is. So exactly. we don't necessarily do that. But that's a great idea for we still have our our individual firms as well that does service the the general public. So okay. that's definitely a great idea. But we don't do that with the elite firms. Okay. Hello, Miss Demetria and Miss Marissa. How y'all doing? Good. How are you? Hey, how are you? I'm doing, I'm doing just fine. Listen, my name is Michael Jamil. I'm a local jazz saxophonist and uh, slash producer. And I did want to ask, do you guys like jazz music? Who <laughs> <laughs> doesn't like jazz music? Right. <laughs> of course. Okay. I always thought about it because, like, I know lawyers, you got to go through all these books and stuff and I know you can't listen to hip hop and trap for that, so. Um, I guess I feel that. I feel that. Um, so my question is, you guys um, sound like you work really well as a team. Um, so the question is, is what skill sets or what practices aid you guys in being so you know harmonious together to work so well as a team? Well, I think for starters, this is Demetria. I really like Marissa as a person. Thank you. That helps. Yeah. Before we got into business, I was able to observe her work, to see her work ethic, to see, you know, how she handles her business, and that's really important. Mm -hmm. For one, you have to like each other. For two, you have Mm -hmm. to have the same work ethic. If not, it's going to crumble. Because if one is working harder than the other, you're going to have a problem. Mm -hmm. 
And I think we have similar styles, similar personalities, and um, I, I think it just works. I think this was the right time for us. I don't think it would happen earlier. Um, I think we both had to go through some stuff, do our own thing for a minute, and then we were able to come together. So for me, part of it is definitely God, and the other part is I like her. Okay. <laughs> and to add to that, besides the fact that, you know, um, me and Demetria, we get along very well. We work very well together. And also, you know, we just understand the reality of doing business. And in, in regards to the remainder of our team, like everyone on our team is really amazing in their own right. Mm -hmm. So I think that that definitely helps because everyone is confident in what they do and everyone, you know, is professional and they are experts in their field and everyone, you know, is is headstrong, but they are also business mindset. They have a business mindset. So when we come together, it's more like a, a collaboration. We don't consider each other competition. We're just a goal and it's our job to work together to achieve that goal whatever it may be for a particular client no who's this who's this who? and i that was marissa work in, the, in the same area like we're both family law attorneys we started as i guess rivals and we were still really good friends i still referred business to marissa and i knew if we could work together and we were in the same field we would be okay in this collaboration mm -hmm. okay so th this is Will again. Okay, so I hear what you're saying. I hear your goal. I know. I remember earlier in the conversation you were saying you wanted to show people that women can work together. Uh, Marissa, you just said right. a few things also that I was listening to, try, trying to take in. Uh, but you're telling me that you have this whole team of black women, very strong-minded women, who, who are focused on, you know, basically winning, hashtag winning. What are the challenges? Let's be real. What are the challenges with all of y'all working together? Everybody want to shine. Everybody want to do, do well. What are the challenges that you've encountered? I think what you just said, everyone is strong-minded, but everyone is already shining. So okay. no one is really overpowering everyone because everyone is already doing a great job individually. Okay. So okay. when we come together, I just feel like our, our shine is a little brighter because we're all shining stars in our own right. Mm-hmm. And then, um, in all honesty, Marissa and I have disagreements, but we're able to have our disagreements, and we might agree to disagree, or we might come to an agreement, and we move on. Mm -hmm. I think the, the goal and what we're trying to do is bigger than us individually, and we all have to have that, that mindset. And Marissa and I pick each individual together, so okay. we make sure that they were a fit for, for the team. So you two did all the hiring. What, what, Excuse me? You two did all the hiring for the firm. Selecting yes. the interest. Okay, great. Okay. Yes, Marissa and I did all the hiring ourselves. Okay. And we we picked people that we thought would be team players. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And then we both, um, all of us, we have to be reminded because we all are black women. We all, you know, are strong-minded. And we have to remind ourselves sometimes, since you asked about the struggle, sometimes we have to remind ourselves that when it comes to doing business, Nothing is about ego. So we may have a decision that may, needs to be made, and sometimes we may have to ask ourselves, okay, well, is this an ego-based decision or mm -hmm. is this a business decision? Because exactly. if exactly. it has anything to do with ego, then it has to be thrown out the door, and we have to go back to, okay, what is best for the company, what's right. best for the client, what's best for us as a team. Exactly. And as long as we keep that at the forefront, then, you know, usually the disagreements and things like that, as long as we have the ego out the door, we have mm -hmm. to base it on what's best mm -hmm. and what's in our best interest. And it's easier to do it that way mm -hmm. when you set the ego aside, which, you know, naturally 
everyone has an ego on their own, even if it's a little one, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and, and, yeah, and that was my question because even in most team environments, whether you know, even like with hair salons, you know, the salon the salon can shine as a team. Or then you're going to have personalities within the salon who sometimes feel like, you know, they're who make the salon. Mm-hmm. So I just wonder, how do you keep those types of checks and balances mm-hmm. to make sure <laughs> that that's controlled? So, okay, that was a good answer. Thank you. Thank you for that. Hi, this is Paula again. Um, my well, question to you is, how do you feel about the Me Too movement? Demetri, you want to take that? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, this is I, I, I bow. think it's important that we that we start having the conversation that if this is really going on in Hollywood, we do need to talk about it. There, there does need to be parameters in place, and whoever is doing this needs to stop. And I think everybody is on the chopping block right now, and if you have even touched somebody behind closed doors, I'm sure they're going to shake it in their boots. I think that the flip side of that is now everyone is saying anything. If someone looks at you a certain way, people right. want to go and get money America or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there, there has to be limitations, too. That's the legal aspect of this. Just because someone makes the allegation doesn't make it so. Mm-hmm. And so now I think because it's coming to the forefront, everyone is, is quick to make a, you know, a judgment about what's happening without listening to the facts. So that's the downside of it. But I really, really do think we need to start having these conversations. We need to start talking about the parameters again, and whoever's doing it needs to stop. Well, I mean, because it's been going on in Hollywood for centuries. I mean, it didn't just start yesterday. But I think that because women are a lot stronger today and they're finding their voice, and this is why they are stepping up and speaking out. Um, And some of it has gone on for years. And they're like, well, why did you wait so long? But I think one of the reasons why they waited Uh, so long is because of the bread and butter and getting blackballed. And will I ever be able to work again? So you sacrifice yourself um, for your career Mm -hmm. because you really don't have any choice in the matter. So I think that... But yeah, I think the the platform is there now for women to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, They're calling this the year of the woman now. So I think we're going to see a lot of things happening for women that just have never happened before. And we're really excited about that. Okay. All right. Hey, it's Mike G again. So uh, my question is, I love you guys. I'm in love with the movement and with black women working together. It just sounds amazing. How can we contact you guys? You have a website, a phone, Facebook, social media? Anywhere. We're everywhere. We're on Instagram. <laughs> we're on Twitter. We are on Facebook. Um, our name is Elite Firm LA. Our website is EliteFirmLA.com. You can find all of our um, social media handles on our website. Or you can just Google us. We're there. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, but we're, we're very active on Instagram and um, Twitter and Facebook uh, as well. So we connect with a lot of people on social media. You know, we're getting to know a lot of people. We're getting a lot of support. So we definitely awesome. appreciate all the love for sure. That's awesome. So before I let you go, is there anything that you'd like to say to or any advice you'd like to give to any women who may want to follow in your footsteps? Anything you'd like to say in closing remarks? I always like to say, please stay off of social media with your personal business. <laughs> Thank you. I'm trying. <laughs> anything legal, please stay off of social media because you really make our job harder. Uh-huh. So let's, let's stop doing that. Okay. 
stay off the trip. Okay. And as far as motivating other women who may want to follow in our footsteps, we always say that just, you know, believe that you can do whatever it is that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I always say figure out what it is that you want to do mm-hmm. and just figure out a way that you can do it and actually, you know, make that your career because it's one thing to have a job that you hate going to and it's another one to have a career that you love and you love waking up to and it doesn't feel like doing work. So, you know, if you don't love it, then find a way so that you can do something that you love. You may have to take steps to get there, of course, but, um, you know, if you commit and believe that you can do it, then you absolutely can and don't let anyone tell you that you can't. Well, ladies, thank you so much. We expect we're we're looking we're expecting great things from the elite firm L A. Yes. Yes. Have a good evening. Thank Thank you for having us. No problem. Bye bye. That was awesome. So when I move to L A., they'll be mine. Oh no, they do the only they represent men though, right? Do they represent men? I didn't ask them that. So I'm black. I'm okay. Okay. I have money. Meet the criteria. I meet it. All right. Okay, so I have some I want to talk about, get your advice on. Somebody told me that this was going on. It's not actually new. It was 2012. Mm-hmm. But listen to this long spiel. Okay, she says, I'm married to a wonderful man. I'm married to a wonderful man. We've been together five years, married for two. My husband wants kids and have been trying to get me <laughs> pregnant as of lately, and he, has an, and he has even started working on a kid's room. He has all these thoughts of him being a loving daddy. So lately, he's been making appointments to see a fertility specialist, but I've been canceling the appointments, <laughs> and he's been getting very upset about it. The problem isn't that I'm sterile and can't have kids. The problem is that I'm a transsexual, and I oh. never told him. Ooh. I love him so much, and I know he loves me, too. This makes me nervous, and my heart aches. We're so happy together. Oh. What should I do? Do I tell him the truth, or do I quietly exit out of the marriage? They were already married, right? Yeah. You didn't tell him. Right. So she did quietly exit. Out of you said quietly exit. Yeah, I was quiet. Oh my that's god! The first thing, like I watch a whole bunch of transgender like documentaries. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing you're supposed to say right when you meet them off the bat. Hi, I'm transsexual. Whatever you mm-hmm. are, right off the bat. And she married. But you know, so, yeah. So that's not right. So that's not right. how did? But I thought that I don't know. Maybe this is going to be like a very ignorant question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So I thought that you know when they have sex, wouldn't he be? Wouldn't he, when you have when you're there's a transsexual and there's a transvestite. Transvestite men dress like women. Right. Transsexual, you have the complete change. Right. So, so they they do the whole. So physically, the whole, you can't tell. You can't tell. You can't tell. You can't tell. She probably has a vagina now. Well, she has everything. And everything. So mm-hmm. probably very passable. And what? Like you guys, the reaction. <laughs> I would have got the same thing, but I was friends with somebody. She she was actually killed. But I was friends with somebody who was I mean, a transsexual, and you could tell she was short. Petite. She actually went to Norfolk State, was a cheerleader at Norfolk State back in the early 90s. And she was in a relationship with somebody who actually killed her. But she was just like she, the, the fear of, number one, somebody else telling him. But she knew because of comments that he would make that he would never be um, comfortable with what she was. They were like just like emotionally, they were like because even, I think, um, what's the girl from the Orange is the New Black? Laverne Cox, she was just like, it's so hard for her to find somebody because she's publicly a transsexual, and then no guys want to be physically attached because of the stigma that would be coming from it. So I can understand, I don't think it was the best decision for her to make, but I can definitely understand the reasons why she did it. Now it's like, what do you do about it? So, I mean, because I think, and I don't know if this is the right thing to say, and of course I'm non-judgmental at all, 
But when you do something like that and step outside your circle, that's the only way I can put it, mm-hmm. um, that's the risk that you're going to take. But if you stay within your, I, I don't know, your element, mm-hmm. I guess, they probably would be uh, a lot, find somebody. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That That's understanding of of that and can deal with it. Mm-hmm. But when you, you decide to step out of your circle and go try to find a heterosexual man, and um, not think that he's going to have issue with that. Um, you put you both in, in jeopardy mm-hmm. um, because, you know, in your mind, you're thinking that you really are this woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that when they go through all of that, I think when they do the psych eval, mm-hmm. that they really should discuss that with them oh, yeah. to make sure that they're really comfortable in that because, you know, in your mind, I'm a, just a, a woman just like Paula B. Mm-hmm. And I want to go after Michael and I want to have this happily ever after mm-hmm. and knowing really that you can't because that's just like the thing with uh, Genuine. You know what I mean? When they wanted him to kiss the, was oh, she yeah. transsexual mm-hmm. as well? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was up in arms about that because they thought that he should have. No, he shouldn't have. You know, you can't tell people who they should, who they could be with and that person is making a decision for that man mm-hmm. saying that you're going to be with me to for me. I can get that. I feel like it should be it should be illegal to to not say something you know, in front of your yeah. because you were born as a man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like for you to have the just because you had a surgery doesn't mean that you're a woman now. Mm-hmm. But with, when you're portraying See, yourself as a woman, I, I understand. Like, I understand like, where you're coming from. You know I understand. What I mean? And it's weird because. For you to tell them afterwards mm. is even more criminal. You know what I mean? Because you never give them a chance to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, <laughs> Nikki, Nikki. Is it not the same thing when a woman doesn't divulge that she can't have children? She's had a I mean, I think it's the same type of dishonesty. I, mean, I don't honestly, know the measure, yeah, the degree. Yeah, from an ethical, that's the any only type problem, of. Honestly, if you can't tell the difference that she's transgender, uh, that's just like she's just having. If he can't something. tell the difference that she's transsexual, maybe she did a really good job, and maybe. But sometimes you can't tell them. Baby. We don't know if she got. Listen, so. Okay, yeah. <laughs> if they're transgender, right? So, my, my question is I'm kind of confused at what person they would be with. So, does a, does a gay man, like a transgender man, because it's not necessarily a man anymore. It goes it's like, so deep. You get what I'm saying? Yes, I understand where you're coming and from. It's it like, goes so deep. Why didn't they just find a gay man? But then it's like, if you're going to go for a transgender man, why don't you just get a woman? See, that's what I was saying. Because Will and I have went to um, a, a show. We went to a pageant. And it was this girl. She, I mean, she was really nice. And she was with... She was she was with um, um, a girl that acted like a dude. You see what I'm saying? So I was like, well, are they together? Well, yeah, they definitely were together because she had an attitude, but <laughs> because she thought she was trying to talk to somebody else. Aww. So I was like, but shouldn't she really? Should she be with a dude? You see, you understand what I mean? So it was just very very confusing yeah. um, because he I had met this this who I thought was a gentleman, very handsome. That um, oh my god I, I so I was like when the guy came in the room yeah when the guy came in the room I was like oh my god that guy is so handsome and sharp too 
sharp as a tack. I was like, well, who was that? Boy, he is handsome and sharp. He was like, that is not that is not who you think it is. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I was like, I got to get up close. So yeah, I, I did get yeah, everything, just the man. But he has facial hair, body hair, all that stuff. Uh, all, all of that, all of that, and very handsome. And um, I was very intrigued by it because if, if I was single, I would have got tripped up. Yeah, I almost got tripped up, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so you think that quiet, quietly, well, I mean, if he's in love, you can't quietly exit. Yes, you can't quietly you exit. Can. How, what do you say? Nothing. <laughs> now, a heartbreak is a lot better than the alternative. It's like the lesser of two evils. So you just yeah. write a note and leave? Don't write a note. Look, what do you say? Oh, you, you can't. Wouldn't he have a problem with it, though? I don't think he would have a problem with it. He, he's gonna, I think he's, he's going to have a problem. He could probably get it, But it's like, if you have, if you don't know that she's transgender, you just got married to her, you know her inside and out, how can you have a problem with it? But, you know, he probably oh, he have a problem with it. I don't know. He's going to have a problem with like it. A male perspective. But, like, it's going to make just him leave. seem like... Just leave. It's going to make him seem like... I would like, rather cry because so I feel like I lost my wife. That sounds like a little bit of ego and pride to me. doesn't have to tell you everything exactly, about their past. Exactly. So yes. no, no, that is none of your business. No, she no man will tell wife. a woman everything about done. All of his history. No way. Mike. But that's like How that's, do you Mike? That's none of your business. <laughs> no, that's like the basis of that's like creation. No, that was before you. That don't have anything to do with you. Everyone has a history. So, Whoa. right. Everybody. Everyone so, I'm going to have to have you take several seats. But you're saying that's to, to say, the point. That's like if I was if I turned myself Look. into a white man. Like if I had they had they had a thing I a surgery, and you can go to a doctor and like I'm black. This and circumstance you turn into is just hilarious. Man. Like so he thinks that, <laughs> that she's have a woman. Exactly. He thinks that she's a woman, and that's just amazing to me because like it doesn't usually go that far. Well, technically, able to tell, but she, he, she is a woman. Exactly. She is. Exactly. So I, not every more, woman can have a though. child. Period. Right, exactly. no, that's true. Right, and so right. Have a child. I don't think he would have the room to really be that mad though. Because and I, I'm, I'm, I was barren. I can't have children. Mm-hmm. I had cancer when I was 25 years old, so I can't have any children at all. But she, but I, no, but I'm just saying that's what it comes down to. That's she the only, said, that's that's the the woman who's stuck on. She's stuck on the deceit. Exactly. You're stuck on a deceit, not the fact that she can't have children. Look, it's wrong. It's wrong that she didn't say anything, but then again, she's a woman who just can't have kids. That's what it is That's that's what it boils down to. It boils down to. Right. I understand what you're talking about. That's a male ego. And I meet another Caucasian woman that said, I would never date a black man. If I said, I would never, she said, I never date a black man. Do I have an obligation to tell her? Um, you know something? I, I used to be a black man, but I, I took a surgery, and I'm I'm a white man now. I feel like I would have to 
it's see, almost it's a moral duty. I understand. That, I mean, I understand but, that. But, the, but like, <laughs> like he couldn't tell. It's not like he could but tell she that. Knew. Oh, something's wrong. She did know. It's wrong I mean, on her part. It is wrong on her part. Yeah, but we're not but saying that. Like it was obvious that she wasn't. I'm sure that he had some little in. Indi- Indications that you have no. When you go to Atlanta, you'll be surprised. Yes. When you go to Atlanta, when you go to LA, you'll be surprised. When I went, when I went to that show, but Atlanta is home of. I mean, you'll be you'll be shocked. I know. You'll be shocked. When I went to that show, I was like, my mouth would just drop open. I'm gonna forward you some some images, and you you'll be shocked. Yeah. You'll be totally shocked. I mean, some right here in Norfolk, you'll be shocked. Yeah, and I'm gonna stop that conversation. But yeah. um, Let's you know what? It. Let me go ahead and introduce our next guest before he calls in. Um, our next guest is Mr. Robert Crown. He wrote a book, actually, "Suffering Ends When Awakening Begins." How does a child's life change when his mother tries to murder him? Mm-hmm. It's one of the most oh. profound betrayals Im- imaginable. This is an inspiring true story of Robert Crown's amazing journey. Out of the darkness of his childhood and into a world bri- brightly, brightly illuminated by the power of positive understanding and purposeful thought. His message to the world is that if he can do it, you can overcome any challenge in life by focusing your thoughts on what you desire. So he should be calling in in a few minutes. Did you have a topic you want to talk to? Talk about real quick? Um, I don't know if I should mention this now because... Um, I have one. Okay, what do you want to talk about? Um, this is kind of old, but... What are you guys' positions on the H and M's? Oh, because I've been to H and M twice with the thing. I sure oh, did. I, I bought like my Freddie. I, I was mad. I was mad. Wrong, but like it was in the mall. The prices got the you. The prices man. is good. Yeah, but H and M's, but H and but H and M's quality clothes is not that great anyway. It's really not that great. It's like something. It's trendy. I mean, you don't buy it because you went in the last twelve <laughs> years. Yeah, yeah. you buy it because it's cute and it's twelve ninety nine. Yeah, that's that's true. But yeah. you know that they they tore that store up in the UK. Y'all did. Why yeah, were y'all I've doing seen, that? They know y'all, I've seen the video. They were, why were, and did you see y'all? Y'all was, cl- was walking in like monkeys. Okay, so oh, let, Lord. did you see I'm, that? I'm, How I'm, they came in on their feet like monkeys. <laughs> so let me just say this: I was a little upset with the mother because let me okay. t- I guess it's him. Okay, I'll talk about it. What? Yes, we'll I'll talk about it. it. So our next guest, we've already introduced, and we're going to welcome to the show Mr. Robert Crown. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing very well. Thanks for having me. No problem. No problem. We were just talking about your platform. and So as a young child, trying attempted murder by your mom, that is definitely, like you said, unimaginable. But why the title, Suffering Ends When Awakening Begins? Let's elaborate on that a little bit. Oh, Sure. Well, that really depicts the story of my life, because I was an expert at the law of attraction, but Mm. actually having it work in reverse. Mm. So all the negative stuff, most of the negative stuff I was thinking about, I attracted into my life. You know, like, why would this happen? Or you have this thought of lack. So it really describes my, my life perfectly, until I realized in 2007, when my family became homeless, it made me stop to reflect about the way I was thinking. And then I realized the way that I was thinking was corrupt. I was thinking in a negative way. Our thoughts actually create our reality. So I finally began to understand this. And once I did, my suffering ended and the awakening part began. 
Yeah. Sorry, we had a little technical so difficulty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can you hear me okay? Okay, yeah, yes. we can now. Okay. Okay, good. How about that? Hello, this is Jada talking, and I wanted to know why the title Suffering Ends When Awakening Begins. Why would you pick that title? Why did I pick the title? Uh, well, like, like I said, it, it managed, it uh, depicts my life perfectly. When I was when I was five years old, I almost died in surgery. When I was 11 years old, my mother uh, made a preempted, uh, pre-meditated uh, murder plot to murder me wow. and my two sisters. When I was 15, I was a runaway. I was sexually abused. I got involved in drugs. I rebelled against authority, got into a lot of fights. Um, when I was 19, my best friend and girlfriend died in a car accident. I suffered from all sorts of financial problems. Uh, when I was in 2007, I was homeless. Mm. And that was the turning point because I realized I was tracking all this stuff into my life, most all of it, by the way that I was thinking. So by being homeless, it was actually a blessing in disguise because it made me just stop and think yeah. on the way that I was thinking and how I was using my thoughts. And I wasn't using them the right way. So once I started to use them the right way, this is the awakening part. That's mm. what I awakened to. Then the suffering and all the negative stuff that I used to go through stopped. Okay. So once we start realizing the way that we think, what we think about, we create, right? What you think about, you bring about. So what, where you put your energy at, that's what you're going to get back. So if you're thinking negative and you energize those negative thoughts with an emotion and you charge it with an emotion, that's the beginning of the creation process. So you're going to create that for yourself. Same thing on the positive side. You start thinking about what you want. I mean, there's a whole formula to manifest what you want. Right. But if you start thinking about what you want and think from the end and energize that thought with an emotion like you already have it, mm -hmm. then you're going to create that for yourself as well. Okay. Okay, hi. How are you? My name is Paula. Welcome to the show. Um, after all these Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Um, after all these years, how is your relationship with your mother now? Well, one might think that uh, I don't talk to my mother at all, but <laughs> I do. Uh, actually, even when I was younger, in my later my teens, I went back living with my mom. But we have a great relationship now. In fact, she was over for the holidays, uh, over Thanksgiving. We went to her house for Christmas. Uh, we get along fine. She's a, she's a different person uh, than she was, obviously, all those years ago. And, and so am I. We totally look at things in a, in a different way. But it, my relationship with my mom is uh, great right now. Hmm. Well, thank you. Okay. Is that hard to believe? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, a little, after yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It, yeah, it has to do a lot with forgiveness and mm -hmm. putting things in a different perspective. Because we always want to hang on to stuff, right? We don't want to forgive people for what they did to us. But it really, the forgiveness isn't for the other person. It's really for us, so that we can move on. Mm -hmm. And also, if we take another look at things from a different perspective and learn that we go through all these experiences, even something like this, you know, as unimaginable as it is to evolve and grow, it's just going to make us a better person exactly. down the road. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, hello, Mr. Robert Crown. This is Michael Jamil. I'm a jazz saxophonist. Hi, Michael. Um, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Jazz saxophonist. Nice. Yes, sir. Love it. Um, Love it. And I do want to say, starting off, I applaud your forgiveness. Um, 
not stronger than me. I'm not sure if I could uh, be that forgiving. But um, my question for you is, what was your motivation for writing the book? You know, you know what what were you trying to accomplish in uh, putting this literature out? Well, my motivation for writing the book from day one was for the reader. Um, I felt if they could learn about what I went through, if I could share my experiences with them, that they would realize that no matter what they go through in their life, no matter what it is, they can overcome it. As I mentioned earlier, all the stuff I went through, you know, and, and more, you know, car accidents, motorcycle accidents, et cetera, it doesn't matter what they go through in their life. It, all they have to do is believe in themselves that they can overcome anything, and they can do it. They just have to know what's inside the, their heart that they have this power within themselves right. that they can overcome anything in their life. So if they think they're at the end of their rope, they're going to get more rope. <laughs> you know, it's, not, it's a law like of the universe. You're never going to get more than you can handle. Mm -hmm. So I really wrote every word in my book for the reader. Attraction a lot. Do you explain that in the book as well? I know that's a. I've kind of come in contact with that before. Yes, I, I go over it a, a little bit in the book and how I used uh, my my thoughts, constructive thoughts, to change my reality. Basically, there's different ways that you can influence your future. There's many different ways. The simplest way that I've done, and one of the ways that I've done to create and manifest a few things in my life. There's, I call it, it's like a five-step process. The first process is you need to make a decision. So like if Will, if he's going to start working out this year and he wants to get into shape, he needs to make a decision like, man, I'm going to get into shape. Yes. I'm going to that gym no matter what, you know. Right. So you, ha you have to make the decision with such firm intention that no matter what, no one, no thing, nobody's going to stand in your way. You're not taking any other decision except that one that you made. Mm -hmm. So that's the first step that gets the ball rolling. The second step is you need to create an image in your mind of what you want. So, like, if Will wants to get into shape, maybe Will can, you know, go through some magazines, find a man with a nice physique, cut off his head, paste his head on, put it on his bathroom mirror, and say, hey, that's me. I like you know? that. So you got to create the image in your mind of what you want. I like that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Okay. And then after that, what you need to do is you need to have that emotion like, how would you feel if you got into shape? What would you feel like? Wow. This is good So you have to have yeah. that, that, that part of it there. So you actually have that to become, so, become what oh, you go want ahead, to become. Sorry. I'm, I think I'm on a little delay here. Sorry. Go ahead. So you actually really have to picture yourself. You have to become what you want, literally, in you your, have in to your think mind. from the end. Yeah. You have to think for the end. You can't think like you're going to be in good shape mm -hmm. because you're never going to get what you want. You have to believe you're going to be in good shape. And then, and you got to think, act, feel like it's already happened. Exactly. You, know, you got to start getting that swagger like you're already in good shape <laughs> right yes, now. Yes, I'm working on that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so that image in your mind that you have and then that energized emotion about that image, about that swagger and how good you feel, mm -hmm. those two need to become one. Mm -hmm. So those two need to be merged together and become one. And then the fourth thing is we already kind of mentioned is you have to think from the end. You got to think, act, feel. You got to believe like it's already happened. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing is you got to stop the negative chatter. So when the alarm goes off in the morning, it's time to get off for the gym. No, I'm just going to sleep. Nah, I don't need to work out. You got to shut that down. Uh, 
you know. So that's the stuff. So you got to shut those down. Yeah. Yeah. So you just go to you go to a happy place to stop the negative chatter. You think about a moment in time or a place that makes you happy. You think about that. You raise your frequency and your vibration a little higher, mm-hmm. and then you go back to your affirmation. You know, I feel so good that I've been working out. Okay, I get that. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. But that's basically the yeah the process to creating what you want. So so Robert. My process. So Robert, at nineteen, you were going to get married. What happened with that? Well. I was going out with a girl for 10 months. Uh, we fell in love with each other. We had a great relationship. Uh, at the time, uh, she was a little underage, and where I live in Illinois, she wanted to go up to Wisconsin drinking. So we got a phone call from my best friend, uh, Bob, and he said, uh, you guys want to go up to Wisconsin drink? And I said, sure. So as soon as I went upstairs and told, my, uh, told Carol, all of a sudden, the whole mood in the room changed. It's like the look on her face. She knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I had a sense, too, something was very wrong, but I didn't, have the, I didn't have the guts to say anything. So we went up to Wisconsin. Um, you know, we went up there drinking, went to a couple bars, and then we decided we were going to leave early because uh, the, bar, the bars were going to let out, and we wanted to get home before all the drunks were on the road. So we start going home, and then um, when we get close to about 15 miles away from my house, this one car started on the side of us, started revving his engine like he wanted to race. Okay. Uh, this was back in, uh, like, 1981. And, you know, we'd speed up a little bit to try to lose him, and uh, then we'd slow down. I mean, we were in a, we were in a Dodge station wagon. So my God, you know, <laughs> we're going to race with a station wagon. Yeah, station wagon, but, okay. <laughs> but anyway, you know, he sped up. We sped up. We tried to lose him. We tried to go slower. He, get, he went slower. Like a long story short, uh, he ran us off the road into oncoming traffic on the other side. Wow. And um, my best friend, Bob and Carol, they were both killed uh, instantly wow. in the car wreck. Um, I suffered a broken femur and internal injuries and was in the hospital for a couple weeks. Hmm. So it took me a while to be able to uh, overcome that. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Made you stronger. Yeah, made you stronger. That's right, yeah. What kills you is, is going to make you stronger. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I look, I look back on all those experiences, and it's, you know, if all this stuff didn't happen to you in your life, you're not going to be the person that you are. And even though it was difficult at the time to, to go through that, mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have to look at ourselves as a victim, you know, when something happens. Um, with the understanding I have now with things, if I went through stuff, uh, the same stuff I did back then, my life would be totally different. Mm. Okay. Hi, it's Jana, the producer. Um, how did you gather all that perseverance to overcome the obstacles and not throw in the towel with all the trauma that you experienced in your life? Uh, well, that's a good question. Uh, the, the perseverance part, I think in a sense you're, you're doing it when you don't even realize you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think most of it had to do with detaching from it. Like you were, you were in it, but you weren't of it. So I tried not to make it a part of myself. Back then consciously, I don't know if I was trying to do that, but that's what actually happened is that I didn't make it a part of myself. I think what happened is I put a part of that, like you compartmentalize it in your brain, right? Put it away in the back of your brain. 
sure the stuff you know it, it shatters your self-worth or you know what you think about yourself but you still you're still able to function and it still kept going i think like michael beckwith uh the he was in the movie the secret mm-hmm. and he wrote a couple books and michael uh endorsed my book and what he said was he talked about a spiritual warrior and i always equated it to like this part right when you come into this lifetime some people believe that you got certain things that you're going to have to accomplish. And that's one of those things that I always thought about. So when uh, Carol died in that accident, I always felt like I didn't want her to let her die in vain because I felt she sacrificed her life for me. Right. Because I was sitting on that side of the car where she was on the way up there. And she was there waiting at the bar with her head down on the handle, you know, like knowing what she was doing. So that kind of kept me going. You know, I didn't want her to die in vain, so I kept pushing on, pushing on until it figured out what it was. And it took me a long time because I didn't listen to myself. But I finally figured out what it was, and it was writing this book and letting people know that no matter what you go through in your life, you know, you just have to believe in yourself and know that you matter. And, you know, find this power within that you have inside and listen to your higher self to guide you. Right. And if you do that, you're going to be able to persevere and make it through anything. Right. Yeah, that's true. Okay, you say in the book that uh, by using your thoughts, anyone can create a new reality. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like they choose. How can they do that? I'm interested to find out how that works. Yeah. Well, it has a lot to do with where your thoughts are going. What I, what I like to do is you, you hear about affirmations, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People creating affirmations. A lot of affirmations don't work for 90% of the people is because an affirmation is basically a statement about something. I want to do this. Or I want to do that. What I like to use is something I call an affirmation. So an affirmation is a positive statement with an energized emotion attached to it, like what we were talking about earlier. So you create the image in your mind of what you want, and you take that energized emotion and you put those two together. For example, um, when we after we were homeless, we had an opportunity to get this house we're living in uh, five years ago. Uh, so I created this affirmation for myself. I'm so happy and grateful now that I have a permanent home for my family. Mm-hmm. And I felt what I would feel like if I had a permanent home for my family. Because when you don't have a home, it's pretty easy. You know? um, so I created that. And then I would say that and keep focused on that. So with that energized emotion. So if you use the energized, if you use the energized emotion uh, as, an affirm, as an affirmation, it's going to help you keep your thoughts focused. Because if you let your thoughts meander throughout the day, 90, we think between 15 and 70,000 thoughts a day, and 90% of those thoughts are from the day before. So if you're trying to change something in your life, you have to change the way that you're thinking. So you have, to, you have to be mindful of what you're thinking on, where your thoughts are going. Mm-hmm. And that's basically the, the way that you do it. And, and those five things that I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. So using the, the positive affirmation and the five things about creating your own reality, those two things combined will help you harness your thoughts and direct your energy on where you want to go. Awesome. Wow. I love it. Affirmations. 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 Yeah. This is Mike G again, the saxophonist. Um, My question for you is, if somebody's at the end of their rope right now, um, pretty much they're they're ready to throw in the towel, 
Uh, what would you tell them? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, as far as changing their their perspective and you know and how to get better, pretty much. Well, the first thing I would say to them is, you're always going to get more rope, no matter what happens to you. All right. So as bad as things are, you're always going to get more rope. And that's why I really wanted to tell my story is that, I mean, you, from all the things that I mentioned, uh, you know, my mother trying to murder me, you know, being sexually abused, uh, being a runaway, being homeless. I mean, it gets bad, but, you know, no matter what it is, you can make it through. I made it through everything. They surely can make it through everything. It doesn't matter what it is. So you just have to, first of all, you got to really believe in yourself. And don't get down on yourself. These experiences, you may not realize it now, but you're going to realize later that they're happening for a reason. And I know it doesn't seem like it at this moment in time right now, but you got to start changing the way that you think. Society wants to think a certain way. They don't teach us how to think properly in school. Mm. So I, this might be new for some people. So you got to start keeping track of your thoughts and where you're directing your energy and what you're thinking about. So you have to start thinking positive. You have to know that you matter, okay? You have to believe in yourself. You have this power with inside you. You just have to take this veil of ignorance off and learn how to tap into it. Wow. But you, people need to know that they matter and that you got to believe in yourself, you know? Awesome. Hey, that was okay. awesome. So, Robert, I have one, well, two two final questions for you. The first one is, in your book, sure. you also mentioned the call. I'm always interested when people mention the word, the call. So what, what did you mean by that? And then the final question is, how can people follow you and, of course, get a copy of your book? But first, what did you okay, mean great. by Thanks. the call? Okay, yeah, the call has a lot to do with um, listening to your higher self or that gut feeling people get. Like when I was... Uh, you know, when I was able to escape from the basement, I mean, I heard a voice, right? It came in loud and clear. Mm-hmm. So we have to be able to we have to be able to listen to it. I also attribute a lot of the suffering that I went through because I wasn't listening to that little voice inside me or the call that we get when we're supposed to do something. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned earlier about Michael Beckwith, when he when he says this power within us wants to emerge, it's like this this power wants to like our higher self is trying to guide us, you know, mm-hmm. for our best experience so that we could make it through this stuff. So if we're not listening, you know, it's like your, your mother when you're a kid, you know, don't play out in the street, you know. She's telling you that for a reason because you're going to get hit by a car if you do, you know. So it's, a, it's the same thing. So you have to listen to your higher self. You have to go within yourself and listen to yourself because if you, if you don't listen to yourself, you're going to get a lot of unnecessary suffering like I did. So it's really important to pay attention to the signs. Like one little example, uh, have time to give you an example here? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. One little example, right? Real small, but very poignant. I was going to the hardware store to pick up a screw for a project I was working on. We kind of live out in the country, so it was about a 25-minute drive. Mm-hmm. And so I, get this, I had to pick up the screw. So I'm walking to my car, I'm carrying the screw, and I drop the screw. I'm going, oh, okay. So I pick it up again walk into my car, get right to my car, and I drop it again. So I pick it up, and I start looking at the screw, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, this is the wrong screw. So mm-hmm. it's just like little signs like that. We have to become more aware of what's, what's around yeah. us, what's happening within us. Yeah. So when we start becoming and pay more attention, then we're going to realize 
many things in our life is going to change for the better. Yes, I've been doing that a lot lately too, trying to figure out why things Good. are happening, Good. You know, looking at situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, why am I late? I'm not usually late. What's going to happen? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> okay, well, and how can people follow you and get a copy of your book? Uh, yeah, my, my website is uh, crownrobert.com. My book, uh, Suffering Ends When Awakening Begins, is on Amazon. Okay. So they can pick up uh, uh, Amazon there. I'm on Facebook, and I'm also on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Okay. Under what name? Uh, Twitter is Real Robert Crown. Instagram is Robert Crown. And Facebook is Robert Crown Auth, A-U-T-H. Okay. Awesome. Well, well, thank you so much. Your, your story inspired me, and thank you for thank the tips you. on attraction and definitely <laughs> the call. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. Have a good evening. Thank you. You too. Thank you very much. Take it easy. That was quite interesting. Yeah. So, so you're, how old are you? 18. You're 18. So do you remember the D.C. snipers? You were only two years old. I was only two years old. Yeah. I am old. It seemed like that wasn't that long ago, but it was actually, it was 16 years ago. Do you, you, uh, well, you years old? It was 16 years ago. Holy cow. So um, the younger guy, wow. Lee Boyd Malvo, he's seeking a lower sentence. Right. Um, he was 17 during the D.C. Cypress shootings. And I remember, because I used to hang out in D.C. My brother lived in D.C. Mm -hmm. Well, he actually lived in um, Hyattsville, Maryland, which is very close to D.C. Uh -huh. So we remember, we were like, you need to come home. But yeah, we like, that's work. so scary. He just graduated. Um, so for those who don't remember him, and I think it was his, was it his stepfather? His stepfather. Something. Who was John Allen Muhammad. He was 41. This guy was 17. They said that he was like, something wasn't going on upstairs that good. Yeah, <coughs> because, or, or the stepfather was really controlling. Very controlling. And had him by the mind. Right. So he was the one who talked him into doing this. But anyway, they killed 10 people um, between Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. Mm -hmm. And this was just random as people were pumping gas, loading packages into their on cars. The just on the highway, like, because they had a thing cut out in the trunk mm -hmm. where the gun stuck out. And, like, people would be driving, and then yeah, they, they're shooting just wow. for... Gas station, right? Yeah, gas station. I remember they shot the girl at the gas station, and then they got to Tyson's, and that's where my people were. And I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. I was nervous. But anyway, they finally got him. Um, and the older guy, they sent him to death, and he was executed in 2009. Mm -hmm. um, and then ultimately, the, the younger guy, Lee Boyd Malvo, he got four life sentences in Virginia and six in Maryland. So I guess he had knew that he wasn't going to get out. But now his, now um, <laughs> Malvo's attorney on Tuesday, he urged the Fourth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals to uphold a ruling that was just passed in 2016. Um, they have new sentence hearing guidelines. So um, people who were found to get mandatory life parole sentences as juveniles, they're ruling that now as unconstitutional. Okay. Oh. So he's wanting to go back to court um, to extend it to people like Malvo who were sentenced before so they can get a, a lighter sentence. But I'm like, what do you, how do you feel? Even though he was 17, when he was doing this. Right. But they were saying that the stepfather was controlling, and I think he was abusive. Right, he was abusive. Um, they said he was sexually assaulting really? okay. the, the kid as well. But, uh, and he's you know, been in jail now, what, 16 years? Yeah, that's a long time. So, I, I mean, do you say he really was responsible, that he was following the guy? Do you say that he could have, did he really want, did he ever try to escape I mean, because well, he knew that it was wrong, what it was that they were doing? Counseling. Counseling. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. absolutely. But, you know, 
what was his thought process? That's yeah. that's what I'm saying. You know, did he ever want to leave? Um, you know, was he that intimidated, that afraid of the man to stay? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but like you said, he's just a 17 year old kid. I mean, where's our mind at 17? We're doing more following well, than 18 leading. years old. You can do anything. So, well, I mean, that's true too. <laughs> you know, and I was surprised that. Um, when I heard about this, the snipers, uh-huh. I was surprised that they were African American. You know yeah, I was shocked. That, that is too. Um, the percentage of African American snipers are extremely low. Yeah, extremely low. That's something that we don't so do. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I tried to say let him stay there, but then I'm like, you know, people. He was young, and then the circumstances that he was in. You know, he's been in there 16 years. I don't say let him out right now, but definitely what four life sentences in Virginia and six in Maryland. They can, re- I think they can reduce it, but I'm like, to then you ask yourself, what? what if that was one of my relatives that he killed? What if that was my mom that was pumping the gas? Right. Would you? I, mean, I don't know if I could be Robert Crown and forgive. easily forgive yeah. like that. I see that happening with like different circumstances, though, because it's like some 16 year olds like they'll like rob like a store or something. Mm-hmm. They'll do something like very very minimum, and they'll get like 20 years for it. That's yeah. why they passed the law yeah. originally, but in this circumstance, it's kind of tough. Yeah, I feel like just to the, due to the nature of the crime. Yeah, I feel like that that rule shouldn't be applied, applied to him. Really? Case. Because yeah. when this you is an extreme case, when mm-hmm. you are sniping people like that, like it was, it was almost the level of terrorism. It was, like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was. I remember, it clearly, I I remember I, yeah. I feel old. Uh-huh. I think I was like ten years old, but you were scared. I was to pump eight. Gas. I think I was. Like, yeah, eight. you were scared to pump gas. <laughs> You made me call. Like when you have a whole eight, seven, eight, something like that. (laughs) After you've been doing stuff like that, I think your mind is not the same way as a normal person. Yeah. So I mean, I wouldn't apply that law. Maybe he can go through rehabilitation. Mm -hmm. Right. Something. But as far as letting him out. Well, I think they want to. They want to just lower the sentence from the from the what four life sentences and six. That's, so I'm what, trying to think about that girl. How long is a life from, sentence? Isn't that, that has a year value to it, right? 20? From a long, okay. long time ago. What was that girl? She was very wealthy, and they were um, robbing all those banks, but they said it kidnapped her. They ended up sentencing her, giving her some time, mm-hmm. because they were saying, I was it was it, was it Patty Hearst? Remember that? Were you guys that was before my time. I don't remember. Uh, remember that? Patty Hearst, yeah. Oh, y'all remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because <laughs> that's almost on the same level because they uh-huh. were trying now she ended up getting time mm-hmm. but not as much time but because they were saying that she looked like she was just really engaging what it is uh-huh. that they were doing they really couldn't differentiate were mm-hmm. you scared were they making you do it but you look like you really was enjoying yourself holding people up that's a good point because I remember when they caught the snipers he, he looked like he was terrified the other guy he just the older guy he looked like he was just boasting mm-hmm. and like he had no remorse but the other guy really looked like he was terrified mm-hmm. so i can believe the, the abuse and i think the mom had said that he was a abu- the, the stepfather abused him and stuff like well, that well that's, that's my other question how did he get her kid he was a stepfather i know come yeah. on let's go yeah oh i guess so <laughs> yes, I, was, sir. I was wondering yeah that's true too as far as like he could have started when he was 10 mm-hmm Yeah. Oh, we have some That's, comments. Yeah, we missed it. Oh, we, we missed, missed it. The window was about the uh, trans. Oh, the wow. Oh, yeah, we, we missed, missed those. Oh, what did they say? Yeah, they, uh, what the hell? 
That's what they marriage with the seed. He can't be mad. Oh yeah, we have to pay attention to that. Okay, okay. He say, what he say? Uh, she went into the marriage with the seat. One person said, and then mm-hmm. the other oh, yeah. one said, right. he can't be mad. He is the whole man. So they basically he's a he what? is a whole man. Yeah, that's what they said. They said <laughs> what does that mean? The tra- the guy. The I mean, her. Her. Yeah. She's a, legally her. Is a her man. Oh, is a whole man. That's oh, terrible. oh, that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Use your nice words. Oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah, that sexual assault. We're having a, a generational gap because yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Sexual assault joke. And they gave her 40 years for that. So that's probably. What, 40 that's, years? Yeah, they gave her like 40 to 50 years in prison. And they're, they're trying to get her out now, but. That's a lot. That's yeah. why that law got passed because they're, they're sentencing 16 year olds to, to crimes yeah, that uh-huh. they kind of had to commit to keep their lives. And he's trying to get it um, and, retroactive yeah. to yeah. Malvo. In that circumstance, I don't think that. that it should law apply. Should all right, when y'all I have a topic about um, Jill Scott about the prenup. Okay. How her husband thinks that um, he's entitled to some money. Um, <laughs> I think these guys that go into the marriage signing or not signing the prenup, um, I don't know why they think they're entitled to money, and you know that you really didn't work for it. And you how do you work for money in the marriage? The same way, okay, so wait a second, hold it. So the same way, well, I'm just going to say this. The same way your husband or significant other can be like, oh, I need to borrow X, Y, Z, or they tell you go to them and you be like, um, I need some money. Oh, I'll let you borrow it, but you have to pay me back. There's a couple ways you can work for them. So, yeah, you see, yeah, I, I thought that that would put you on the struggle bus. But what I'm saying is that, I mean, that's the same thing with Mary J. Um, you know, her husband thinks he's entitled to so much. You, 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 right. You haven't, you ain't seen one note. So why is it that when y'all get, the, we get divorced, on, the first thing, well, I'm going to take you for everything Come you got on. when I get my hair. Again, I have clients. I'm yes, consulting the attorney now to see what my rights are. I'm like, did you work? Your check is your rights. But no, they, but they, she did. But she did work. Let, let me just back that train up. She did work. Who worked? Beca- the wife, because she works outside of the home. Mm-hmm. She comes home, right? So she comes to that second job. Mm-hmm. She just gets enough time mm-hmm. to chill for like a half an hour mm-hmm. or so. You got to take your clothes. Now remember, off. earlier in the conversation tonight, you were complaining because I said take care of my needs too. But, right. This is the same. See how y'all keep switching it back no, as it applies. I'm not, I'm not switching it back. Uh-huh. But I'm just telling you that you know she has to come home double duty. And cook, clean, take care of the kids, make sure they get the homework, fill out the papers, all of that stuff. May have to take out the trash. Then you want me to help you with the yard work. You want me to help you do all of that. Mm -hmm. And then you want some of my coins on top of it? When does it stop? So you don't think. That's why women Is it because he's a man? Because I also heard somebody, was it you who posted get a job? Somebody on on my Facebook, somebody posted that he should get a job. He shouldn't he ask should for get, he should But get I'm a job. sure if it was if it if it was reversed, they wouldn't have told Jill Scott to get a job. She don't need to get a job. She got pipes. Why does she need No, to get I'm a just job? saying if it was if he was a celebrity and she was just the wife, they would and she said that she wanted five hundred thousand dollars of his money. It, it wouldn't have been a comment like she should just get a job. It would have just been expected that he should shell out money for her. Is it because he's a man asking for money? 
because they made an agreement. And the agreement was that he wouldn't ask for any money. That was the agreement. Yeah. Right. And he only won't. How much is she worth? Do you? How much is she worth? Most people. If they go, let me look at See? Yeah, that's what I said. Did you know that Mary J was homeless last year? Right. Black, yeah. she, when she got her star, she was talking and she broke down because she would just she thanked the people that took her in. She said just last year she was homeless. Now I don't know if her homeless is our homeless right. or because she was going through the things of the situation she had to get out of the house or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but she ain't had no place to call her own. Um, who, who, who are we just talking about? Let's talk about oh, Jill Scott. Scott. Oh, see. Oh, yeah, that's about the same way. She can give him $500,000. She can give him five hundred. Stop being evil and mean. But, but, I get what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, but did from. he, but was that the agreement? That's what he I'm just asking. <laughs> that's what you're saying, I hear a whole man. Right. Well, I think I like that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was that the agreement? No, it wasn't the agreement. It wasn't the agreement. But if it was, so they should honor the prenup, right? So if the shoe was on the other foot, and I was like, "Oh, I signed a prenup, but I need you to give me some money," mm-hmm. you're gonna take me to court. Many men have done that and made sure their wife didn't have anything. What about all the men that make all the money and the wife, these millionaires and the wives are home, you know, catering, mm-hmm. doing the parties and stuff? Mm-hmm. You get mad, she goes to the bank to try to use her card, and you don't shut her down. Shut her down. And she depended on you for everything. Mm-hmm. Behavior should have been better. Uh-huh. Let me ask you that. Oh, see, oh, see, I'm just joking. I'm joking. See, that I'm you joking. was not joking. See what I'm saying? <laughs> but what is the question? Let me ask you something. So, within an equal society, it can go both ways. Now, she made $12 million. If I marry a girl that make $12 million, do I really have to go out there and work? What? What? Yeah. So, what are, you gonna, what are you going to be I doing? I can work, but that's my choice. Yeah, but what? Yeah, but what are you gonna do? Work, See, that goes back. So, oh, no, 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 but that goes. I'll probably just be doing music and recording. No, people, but see, you know what I mean. But she, but that wasn't, out, but that was your agreement. You're, you're baking on. Home dad, and he's oh, now you at. He's now you say he's a stay-at-home dad. Exactly. Was he stay-at-home dad? Her bath when she gets home. You ain't gonna even be mad if you don't get out of here. You are two cups of hot, right? I'm gonna have to you throw my. I'm, I'm gonna throw my saying on you. You are two cups of hot mess and need to have several seats. That's what you need to you do. You think he deserves something? Because there are stay at home dads out there now. There I, are. Yeah. Home I mean, yeah, they are. They are. They are. But look at all of them. A lot of times they, they do better than a lot of these women out here. Either I mean, have a paper route or something. House be clean. Kids be. I have one. That is. That is. No, don't bring that he in there. He doesn't it. work. He doesn't eat. No, that's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can't go against God. And no real woman wants to see or watch a man on a daily basis do nothing. That's just not sexy. That's just not attractive. <laughs> and it just doesn't work in today's society. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say it doesn't work because it does work for some of the younger. Yeah. They're, they're, they're cool with that. Because that's true because there's at my job. Which burns me the heck up, sets mm-hmm. me on a forest fire. You understand me? Mm-hmm. Well, I see these dudes dropping these young girls off yeah. in their car. Mm-hmm. Girls' car, brand spanking new. Brand new. Yes, sir. Six <laughs> months later, everything falling off. Yeah. Homes mm. driving baby it boy. out of the ground, and the baby boy, and they got somebody else driving Learn around the in day. it all day. And they, go back and they still. Play video games. 
Right, and then you gonna pick me up. But what? What? Here's the kicker. Yeah, gonna take somebody else to lunch. And my my. In your car. I was about to say this stuff. Yeah. Right. And tell you I'm gonna be late. Right. Picking you up. And then be late picking you up. You pacing back and forth, looking at your watch. You know, where's Holmes with my car? Then he gonna get mad at you because you gonna question him. Then you gonna get an attitude with me and make me feel. Oh, you don't trust me? Right. You gonna make me feel bad. Well, you could drive yourself to work, and then you feel so bad because you're so insecure. You don't even need a car. Where Why is you going? Why need a car if I got yours? Now, I'm going to tell you what the problem is with this that one. That ain't no problem. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what the problem is with this one then. Wait. What is the problem? The cannot be unequally yoked. Man, get out of here with that egg thing. I don't want to hear nothing about that unequally yoked thing. Who can she go to deal with other than Jay-Z? You can't have your woman making $12 million and you be like 100000 in it or 50000 That's not true. Because she's going to That is not true. To a whole new level of But see, of you, need to, you need to... You can't wear Nautica no more. That is not true, because you the thing of this is, no, if I'm in true. love with... No, I'm saying... I heard them saying, somebody up because they had on something. I was like, what? But that's see, a, I don't believe brand that, to because me. the thing of it is, is that <laughs> if I'm making $12 million a year, six figures, whatever, and if my man is only making $50,000 a year, mm. and if I'm loving you unconditionally, I don't care what you're doing. You're my man, and I'm going to love you. No so you going to purchase things for me? We're going to pray for you. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and see what? how it works out. I'm about to hurt you. You're listening. Let's face it. We'll be right Nicole, back. Nicole, your son going to be missing. <laughs> we'll be right back. Okay, men. This is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. It's up to you. So what are you going to do? You're going to go grocery shopping. Cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. You gotta dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. No, you won't. Because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there. And be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org slash caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. The odds of becoming a signed artist and having four number one albums. One in 100 million. The odds of going on to win seven Grammy Awards. One in 1.4 million. The odds of this performer having a child diagnosed with autism, 1 in 68. I'm Tony Braxton, and I encourage you to learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Autism Speaks. It's time to listen. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila... She, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. 
How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. I want to leave my footprints on the sands of time. Leave something to remember so they won't forget I was here. Former club members Denzel Washington and Jennifer Lopez for the Boys and Girls Clubs. Every child follows a path in life. For many, that path will lead them to a door, a door that gives them a place to grow, to learn, to belong, a place to forge their future. For 100 years, the Boys and Girls Clubs have opened this door for America's youth. You can change a child's future. Support your local Boys and Girls Clubs. Great futures start here. To learn how you can support your local Boys and Girls Clubs, visit greatfutures.org. You're now listening to Let's Face It the show welcome back to the show all right we're at the end of the show this was a fun show it was so much fun season premiere this is our seventh season thank you all for coming in jada you rock oh thank you you rock so we like i said one of my special guests is michael jamil jazz saxophonist as he let us know a couple times tonight yeah like a whole lot of times (laughs) (laughs) saxophonist so (laughs) we didn't give you an opportunity to tell us about yourself your brand and if you have anything that we can attend coming up most definitely um one thing is I'm releasing a, a film soon. Oh, okay. How about what? I haven't got the exact date yet, but it's, it's going to be in the next couple of months. Okay. Uh, it's called Black Magic. Um, it's about a, a young author. He's in an environment that's not so ideal, and him and his friends get together, and they end up getting into some trouble. Oh. Um, did, now, did you produce it or anything like this, or you just act? You did all of that? Mm-hmm. Acted and produced it and directed it. Look out, Jacoby, the yeah. new yeah. <laughs> You are funny. The new breed in town. I am so proud of you. I remember yeah. him when he was little in his Easter suit. Oh, you know I was going to tell you say that. You remember him? <laughs> yeah. She yeah. loves my mom. Yeah. I'm going to tell you about it. She don't know your mom. She's just good at that. <laughs> <laughs> she don't remember. Okay, well, thank you for coming on the show. Welcome to, the, to, the, to our family, and hopefully you'll come back and co-host with us again. Most Did you have fun? I did. I did. I do want to say one thing, too. Uh Um, For my music, it's uh, Black Magic. That's the album. And you can find it, iTunes, Apple Music, everything like that. Uh, On social media, I'm at Michael Jamil. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-I-A-M-I-L-L-E. But uh, I do want to say with the film, NSU is going to be sponsoring it. Really? um, I, I actually got into theater through... Professor Stockard. Um, shout out to NSU Theater, by the way. That is a big sponsor, and, um, and she ain't got the camera going. <laughs> Over there, acting crazy. Yeah. It's going to be really nice, man. We, I went and uh, went to the facility with him and everything uh-huh. like that. And it was just. So we're going to have to go. So we're going to have to go represent so the show. Do we, yeah, so do we get to dress up and come to the premiere and sit in a VIP seating? Oh, well, of course. It's going to be invite only because it is with the school, and it can't be any kind of like I'm doing any business or yeah. anything like that. So I will definitely get your emails and send it to you. Okay. Um, okay, it's, it's we'll be, be right there. The soundtrack is the album, so you can go check the album out too and to kind of give you a, 
the preview of the film. Okay. I got the preview on my YouTube. Channel. Okay, it sounds great. I like great. that. Looking like forward that. to it. Okay. I just want to ask you guys one question before we close. Um, all three of you can answer it too. So what do you owe yourself in 2018? You can, whoever wants to go first. Mm. What do you owe yourself in 2018? Don't say nothing like a Snickers or... Uh, <laughs> kind of get deep with it. Yeah. Snickers. What do you owe yourself? Um, I owe myself to be 100 percent authentically me and like i said i'm in therapy to help yes. me get to that point yes but that's my goal in in my entirety this is me take it or leave it that's my goal for 2018 my again is to um be a risk taker okay um to become brave um and to know more of me um that's that's my goal okay I feel like I owe myself consistency. Okay. What do you mean by that? That's one of the hardest things, man, is consistency. And um, Because, like, me, I'm very ambitious, very driven. And it's like, I can go. But it's like, am I going 120% 24-7? That's the hard part. You know what I mean? Because in this life, there's really no sleep. You kind of have to be addicted. That's actually one of the tracks to addiction. My mom changed the number. But um, you got to be, like, obsessed that's another one, obsession. But um, and that's why I watch Eric Thomas. I don't know if you know who Eric Thomas is, mm-hmm. the hip hop preacher. Yeah. And it's like the same stuff that uh, Robert Crown Crown was had, talking about. Yeah. He said on his YouTube page. So that's why I was writing it down. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, that's it. You you have to be, but it has to be consistent. You can't say, oh, I did this Monday, Tuesday, and then stop Wednesday. Right. Because you're breaking that train. Yeah. But if you do those steps consistently. Keep that momentum going. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So that's, that's what I owe myself. Okay. I owe myself great work ethic. Um, mm. High school, I had a lot of leadership skills. And I had a lot of leadership within multiple organizations. And I want to take that and like make it into something in college. I don't know what it is yet, but I want to keep on going towards the right path. Mm. Either way. Thank you. But mm. I am just starting. Yeah, because you're a freshman, right? Yes, I am. So you won't be leaving us. Anytime soon. Oh, okay. Wonderful. 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 All right. All right. All right. All right. Well, any closing remarks before we go? Um, I had like an awesome time. Awesome time. Uh, I did. Great fun. Yes, it you, was. Did fun. you? Was it easy? Oh, did you yeah. have fun? I enjoyed myself. You did. All right. Well, we'll be here next week. I don't know who's going to be on the show. <laughs> I should know that. What do you say? Oh no! What is it, President's Day? Or something? No, they're just renovating the studio, yes, so the stu- there will be no show next okay. week. We won't be back until oh, the thirty. 30- no, we oh, won't be back until February. the February the seventh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so I can't wait to see what they're gonna do. And I get the I think they have something. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you. I think they're renovating something with the TV side of the building. Oh, just the TV side. So nothing here. Oh. That sucks, but okay. All right. So join us here, same place, same yeah, time, same, same station. Time. On Wednesday, February the 7th, 2018, um, meet us here. I do want to say thank you, Will um, and Paula and Jada, for having me with you guys. Thank you. thank you. Enjoyed having you here. Yeah, like your awesome. energy. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you all too. So until next week, everybody, be blessed. Thank you for listening to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. 
please be sure to visit us on the web at letsfaceitradio.com and at Let's Face It Radio on Facebook for the latest in show information and exciting, innovating ways that you can be a part of the show. So tune in next week, same place, same time, for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it. Hi, Fashion Hotline. Help. My family's New Year's resolution is to be more active, but we could use some new styles for motivation. Run into Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now. All Old Navy active styles for the family are up to 50% off. Kick it into gear with leggings, mesh tees, and more. Up to 50% off? Ooh, I'm feeling motivated already. Tops start at just 7 bucks for adults, 6 bucks for kids, with compression leggings and active pants from $15 for adults, $12 for kids. Kids, get a move on. We're going to Old Navy. Hurry in for up to 50% off all Old Navy active right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid one 3 through one ten. Excludes in-store clearance. What's in store for your business this week at Staples? Cases and cases of confidence. Staples can help give you the confidence that your business is ready for the year ahead with all the supplies you need. Like paper. And right now when you buy a 10-ream case of Staples multi-purpose paper, you get one free. So you can be confident you're ready for whatever business comes your way. Buy one case of Staples multi-purpose paper, get one free. Now at Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. In store only, limit 10. Valid through 1519. 